Verse 3 with Sihans the Great, born and raised straight about the H. One of the hottest young trainers in the field, but one who can also coach for real. My next guest is a very dear friend of mine. I've been knowing him since I was 18 when we played together for the University of Utah. And that's my guy, Chris Hines, current assistant G League coach for the Iowa Wolves and a renowned NBA skills trainer who's had the privilege to learn under the likes of Phil Handy and Chris Johnson, but also carries his own weight winning a CBA championship in China with Guangdong Dong as an assistant coach. In this verse, we talk about his perspective on the COVID-19 and the basketball world, as well as the differences between overseas and NBA stars and so much more. So feel free to sit back and explore to see what's in store and know that we do it for the year more. Yo, I'm a, I got better service in China, I guess, bro. Yeah. All right. This is this is it. It's going to be our last attempt. If not, we're just going <laughs> to push it back. Are we going to do a Zoom call? I'm going to just post it. How is it? See, can you see me? Yes, we can see you. Can y'all see him? Can y'all hear him? The people want to hear from you. That's what's so crazy about this. Well, that's, that's beautiful because I'm trying to, shoot. you know me, I, I quit. <laughs> you got the Boost Mobile. They say you got a Droid, bro. Yo, they can, they, they can climb me all they want, man. I got the same service they got. <laughs> so I'm not worried about them. <laughs> Come on, man. All right. Um, let's get into it, man. I don't even want to joke around no more. So we're not moving. We settle. Let's, let's get into it. Um, for those of you guys that were with us yesterday, or for those that you have missed, just going to do a quick recap. The video and audio weren't the best, so we wanted to try to give this one more shot. So here it is. We have Chris Hines, um, current assistant coach with the Iowa Wolves G League team and also NBA skills development trainer and coach. Is there anything else you want to ask that? Nah, you, 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 said, you said it, man. That's, that's who I am. That's what I do. So All right, cool. Me and Chris played together uh, when we were both at University of Utah um, for two years. Um, he finished playing there, um, and then he got his master's at Drake, where he finished playing uh, his collegiate career, and then played one year in the G League, and has been training and coaching for the last, what, five-plus years? Yeah, six years I've been in the game. Okay. And both of us are pretty humble in our approach. We don't try to throw names out there and, and make ourselves bigger or better than we are. But just from a credibility aspect, did you want to say any people that you have worked with and I know you had mentioned some really big guys yesterday, but anybody else that you left out that you want to add to that? No, nah, you know, I mean, I, I've been in the gym with, you know, with several guys, man, and uh, it's been a really humbling experience, you know, for those guys to listen to me. And not only take my knowledge, but take it in, in, in the approach of their game. But, you know, guys like LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, um, and I can keep going on, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's never been about me and who I've worked with. It's always been, you know, more so about, uh, you know, the guys taking the knowledge and then from, from you know, from there, just respecting the work. Yeah. What about on the female side? What what type of names have you been in the gym with on that side? You know, on the female side, I've, I've watched um, Candace Parker work a couple of times with one of my guys who's um, an up, uh, upcoming guy, you know, in the uh, trainer world. Um, but I, you know, I haven't, you know, worked with a lot of female uh, WNBA players. Um, but you know, JUCO college players I actually worked with um, you okay. know, due to you know my my half. So um, and you know, in that aspect, man, I'm I'm excited about that market, man. I think it's going to be you know brilliant. Yeah, we spoke on it a little bit yesterday. Uh, your mentor Phil Handy, and I don't know if this is something he's always done or if it's been in collaboration with Kobe, but. We've seen the women's game transform these last two or three years, growing. I think over the last couple of decades, growing. And I know Kobe was a big advocate of that. And Phil's kind of picked up where he left off. Do you see there being a new age, a new influx of female trainers, possibly uh, moving forward? You know, that's what I hope, man. I hope that the game grows in that aspect because, I mean, as as, as we know as basketball lovers, you know, women listen and they pay attention to detail. And so they run offenses correctly. They're, they they work hard as hell. They're very skilled. Um, I think I think that is going to be uh, something that's going to be up and coming. I think what Phil is doing right now is taking um, Kobe's lineage and and, and and trying to portray that to what you know he's doing. 
what I mean? Yes. So I think he's, he's been doing a hell of a job doing it. And so uh, I'm excited again for that sector of basketball. And again, it's good basketball. I love right. it. Yeah, I think they're really skilled. I think their IQs are off the chain. And they have a lot of patience in their game that a lot of people um, don't really realize if you don't play the game sure. at, at a for high sure. level. Yeah. Um, a yeah. lot of guys think they can just, you know, do whatever they want, but it's not the case. But let's jump into the interview. The first half will be asking him questions about his thoughts and opinions as a coach on the COVID-19 situation as it affects the G League. And the second half will be dedicated to his thoughts and perspective and his approach as a trainer. So first question, given your current situation, uh, what are the potential effects and impact you see COVID-19 having on the G League? Um, I think the G League is going to follow the same approach as the NBA. Um, when we heard the information, um, we were actually in the middle of a game uh, in RGB, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we were actually about to fly back home after a win. And um, basically there was like, yo, the, the season is over. It's shut down for, you know, the yes. moment. Um, it's postponed. And so I think that whatever the NBA uh, does and the way it, pulls, the way it uh, starts picking back up, the G League will pick back up. Um, you know, I think that COVID-19 is definitely going to affect, you know, the way that fans come to games and the way that coaches interact with players. Um, you know, it's a serious matter. Yes. Um, and, it, and it should be taken serious because, you know, you're, you're not only dealing with the players on the floor, you're, you're more so dealing with, you know, the health of individuals um, you know, outside the floor. So if somebody has it and doesn't know they have it, they got to bring it back to their family and, and so forth and, and so on. So I think that, you know, the NBA will take a great precaution. I do think that the league will start again. I think they'll finish and have a champion and be the end of the season. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting, man. Our um, our job has changed, and so we have to adapt. Right. Now, I'm a big proponent of that. Adapt or die, I really believe in that. And I think this time is forcing everybody else to either – get on board and, and maneuver what's going on or get left behind. Yes. Um, yes. For those of you just jumping in and joining us, got Chris Hines, um, NBA skills trainer, assistant coach in the G League for the Iowa um, Wolves, also has won a championship at the highest level or one of the highest levels outside the NBA in China. How do you think the um, COVID-19 situation will affect China just briefly? Yeah, you know, I think China has definitely been a uh, um, obviously the forefront of, of, of the virus, man, and they've taken great precautions on how they have dealt with it. Um, but, you know, the CBA is going to have to go through um, a lot of turmoil due to the fact that they pay their Americans and their foreign players so high, right? So right. Um, they expect so much from those guys. And, you know, Superman and, 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 and how they uh, react with not only the team but the whole organization, They'll, I think they'll try to start – you know, the league back up due to the fact of money, due yeah. to the fact that there's so, and, and, and more so the government has so much power within yeah. the CBA. And that's what I don't think a lot of people realize is that, man. So I think you'll definitely try to jump back to it, but they're going to be precaution because of that's, that's the motherland of the virus. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's going to be different. With that being the case, um, and I kind of like what you said earlier about precautions. We as players, I don't think we take into account just how many people affect the kind of pre presentation of the game. You got the scores table, you got people at the scores table, you got photographers on the floor, you got media writers on the floor. Like there's everybody so people that can get that can get affected by this. Right. You know, and then not only that, you know, you got guys that's giving out towels, and you're wiping yeah. your sweat on his Ball sweat, boys. you're blowing Ball your girls. nose, and exactly, and it just. And it's deeper than just, you know, it's not airborne. And that's what I hate when people say it's airborne. It's, it's germ effective, right? So, yeah. um, and I think that's where basketball is, is, is really, because we don't have, we don't have gear. We don't have helmets. We don't have masks. We're playing, you know, full, full body contact. So, you know, the precaution of that is going to be really serious. And I think China will want to take the forefront of it because, if they do, I think a lot of leagues will follow because it's it's a uh, it's it's basically the motherland of the virus, right? So right. It's, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I got guys over there who contacted me who stayed over there and they're still staying in shape. They're yeah. still trying to get ready for the season. Um, 
Then I got guys who are like, I'm out. I'm not. I'm not not hooping over there right now. This not this is something I don't want to jeopardize yeah. uh, my body or my family with. And so, I think there's a thin line on how you you, you approach that situation. Um, I, I hope that hope, I hope they decide. You know, the health factor because you know you can't take that back. So. Yeah, man. Life is all regarded sport. Without life, you can't even play the game as it is. Um, right. With that being said. You, you talked about there being fear. Do you think there's going to be an influx of talent trying to get into the G League because of that fear associated with going overseas? I hope. I hope because I'm in it. You know what I mean? I hope. So <laughs> I hope because you know, the G League's talent pool is, you know, I think I think the best has been in years. You know, you and I have played in the G League. You understand what it is. But it, the talent pool is going to keep coming and obviously how they're changing rules and you know manip- manipulating factors we're going to see some influx of talent um nobody wants to go overseas when there's uh, a pandemic like this and yeah. so if that happens and how it's happening right now i think the gd is going to grow and it's going to be more competitive mm-hmm. but i don't think teams are going to be um I think teams are going to be more strict on how they pick and choose the guys that come in, right? So it doesn't matter your talent. I think we hit on this yesterday. You know, it, it comes down to age. It comes down to a lot of factors, right? right. To to why we would pull these guys in because you're you're a, you're a pool of the big team, and you have to look at it as that nature. So. It's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic on how that league starts back up in terms of talent wise. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest difference um, coaching this season in the G League last year in China? What's the biggest difference between the leagues and how the style of play is, the talent level is like? Obviously, the main thing being that you got all Americans as opposed to only two right. or three. But what else have you noticed? Well, you know, I think um, I think talent has, I think talent wise, you know, China has some miss, miss, you know, uh, unapproached talent that they haven't even tapped into over there um, in terms of the Chinese players. I honestly have seen more bigs in China than I've ever seen in my life. When I say seven-footers are walking around, and we look at Chinese people as small, but no, there's there's a lot of bigs that are very skilled, great footwork over there, um, and guards who are athletes um, in terms of talent. The G League... um, Talent-wise, it's always been heavy due to the fact that, you know, they're coming out of pools from America. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Uh, the, the biggest difference for me uh, is is the school of basketball and understanding the, 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 like, progression of it, right? So in China, they still play a high-low game. They still facilitate, you know, through the bigs and get yeah. paint scores, and they run they run flex offense. They run all this stuff More to get school. right. They're, they're old school as shit. They put bodies on people. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I wanted to do with my team over there was kind of change the game. And the way, you know, it was changing, it was up pace and upbeat type situation. Um, and I think that you know, helped me become a better coach because I had to see the game at a slower pace and I'm so used to, you know, playing at a different pace. Now, vice versa, uh, the G League, they're playing at such a rapid pace yeah. that they don't understand the game. You don't understand reads. You don't understand how to figure out, you know, how, you know, come up to pick and roll. I don't have to worry about my man. I'm worried about reading this, you know, you know, two-on-one situation. But the two-on-one situation means nothing due to the fact of what your weak side is doing. And so... There's so much that, you know, the progressions of both uh, leagues, we can both, we can all learn from. And I wish, and I hope that there's there's one day a league that can kind of mesh the world together yeah. to, 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 to create a better basketball bubble um, that, that, you know, we would all be more progressive as players and coaches and, you know, you know people like yourself helping guys get to the next level. Yeah. But um, I think those are the biggest differences. You got an old school league in China versus a league in the G League who is really trying to just um, almost experiment. Six through 08 Phoenix Suns type, trying to get exactly. shots up three. Exactly. Man, exactly. And it's experimenting on the highest level, you know, like, you know, for instance, you, you know, you're talking about, well, let's, this game, we're not going to take no mid-range. What do you mean? Like, we're not going to take a mid-range. So, 
those are the things that you have to adapt to and how do you teach that and how do you get your guys to you know, stay level-headed and say, hey, listen, we're going to try this. We're going to try to figure this out, you know, together as as a coach and, and you know, with, with, the, with the staff, the players. Going off my last question a little bit, diving deeper into the Julie concept, players think that it's kind of easier playing overseas than it is in the G League. Elaborate just on how hard it actually is to not only play in the G League, but to thrive and to survive through that Man. season uh, and the yeah. travel and, the, and everything else that comes with it. Yeah, no doubt. Like, you know, the G League is funny, man, because, you know, you get to understand how to travel in a way that you, you don't travel with with your top teams. Guys in the G League come from, you know, the big the big top schools, right? And yeah, so they used to. Right, right. Exactly. That's, you know, this is the grind. It's the hood, baby. You got to go to the Holiday Inns. <laughs> you got to go to the, <laughs> you know, to the situation that you don't want to go to that you're not used to. Yeah. One. And then the second thing is you got dogs. You know, you yeah. got guys that want to prove themselves every day to try to get that job. And so a 10-day contract for them is is great money, you know. A, uh, and then if you get the second one, it's even better money, right? And then you got guys who want to go overseas with it. And so the competitive side of it is where I think players need to realize that not only the grind of traveling, not only the grind of, of, of the people that you're going against, the talent is heavy, yeah. you know? And so day in, day out, you're not the best guy on the floor. Facts. And everybody's trying to take your lunch. And I think that's where, you know, again, you know, basketball's kind of changed from where you and I grew up versus to the guys now um, of, of, of how they how, how they played and how they've been catered to and how they, how they are, are in the league. And I hope that they figure that piece out because, man, see, it's a lot of talent in the G League. It's a it lot. Is, man. It is. I think people don't realize it, um, but it's definitely, I mean, not only a lot of talent, but you're talking about NBA athleticism. So the things you were doing and able to get right. away with in college is different when somebody else is coming across that lane and they beat you at the rim or they throwing your stuff off the glass. Right. With, that, with that being a reality, what kind of separates the top-level G League guys that get those call-ups versus everybody else that stays there because I know you talk a lot about identity and it, like you said, it, you in a you in an ocean full of sharks, maybe a pool right. of sharks. Right, right. <laughs> you can get snatched up quick. Right. And and you know what's funny that you say that is because this is why I kind of reiterate to my players all the time is nobody nobody cares if you score thirty five points in the G League. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares if, if, if you're doing numbers on the highest level in the G League in terms of scoring, it's how efficient are you? It's how it's how efficient are you and what and what you can do with your efficiency, um, scoring, playing defense, getting deflections, getting steals, all the small things and the small intangibles. That's what you know a system of 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 an NBA team wants to look at. They already got those guys. Right. They have them. They. Those guys are getting paid millions of dollars. Yeah. And so exactly. how can be James or Dane. Right, right. How can you fit in and, mm -hmm. and not only fit in and be a, as efficient as you can in that aspect and in, in, in that role, see? And that's the hardest thing in the G League is getting a team to understand that because you'll get a call up doing it. Now you have to have certain intangibles. Right. But you'll get a call up doing it if you're efficient at it. And so yeah. I think that once Guys start realizing that in the G League, the basketball will become better in America. The basketball will become better in the youth. And then they'll start growing um, yes. with, within within the G League system to the NBA system. And you got guys, you know, playing at a higher level because now it's not only talent, it's reading basketball and it's playing at, you know, the right way. Yeah. I know there's some guys that played in G League here watching this. Um, I know when I play, you play, the salaries are trash. It's nice to see that it's developing at this pace. Yes. Obviously, with the new high school kids coming in, it's going to only add to the allure of the G League. Right. I think it's in a good spot. I think it has a lot, a lot of room for growth. I know they're talking about a player association, uh, right. staying in better hotels next season. So, obviously, I hope it all goes through. Um, but staying on this topic, a couple more questions before we switch over to the training side. Um, what is the biggest struggle you see for rookies coming in? Uh, is it defense? Is it offense? Is it a combination of both? 
Um, IQ, what you got? But, but before before we get to that, man, I do want to say this: uh, the G League needs to take a step of being the second tier to the NBA. And why why I say that is because there's so many players overseas right now um, who are playing at the highest level, who are getting better, and then coming into our league and destroying it. Luka Doncic. Is, 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 is the best example that we have, right? Yeah. And so when you look at that is how do, how do we as um, basketball coaches, trainers, players, executives, um, film guys, video guys, whatever we are, how do we keep our culture in the basketball um, at the forefront? Mm-hmm. If you look at the top five guys in the NBA who are below 25, we talked about this as friends. We always have this conversation. They're not from the states. Yeah, and we can we can make a list and we can talk about it, and that's and that's real, and that's something that we need to adapt to and think about of of, of how do we develop that aspect, man. But to answer your question, um, you know, I would say you know coming in from college, and there's no knock on college coaches, there's no knock on high school coach or anything like that, but it's it's the details of efficiency. Yeah, of uh, of both sides of the floor, right? You know, how do you close out to a player? Um, yes. You know, what 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 hands on ball, what hands not on ball defensively? Right. You know, where are you forcing them? Rotations, yeah. right? Talking, yeah. understanding. You know, how to be in an eye. You know, what what guy takes first pass? Yeah. Uh, what yeah. makes sense? Yeah, those those little things and nuances. Offensively spacing, offensively, you know, how to attack off a pick and roll. Offensively, you know, what does it look like playing one on one? Well, how do you utilize the guy when you're going at him straight ahead one on one versus on the side of when he's on your shoulder? You know, yeah. those things of detail, I think, you know, we, we have to enhance because guys are more skilled these days. And the yeah. reason why they're more skilled because they have more access. And so, you know, I think those are the things that if guys are trying to approach and get to a certain sector, they need to start thinking about, you know, who they are as a player and enhancing that piece of it. Yeah. To your point about college programs, I think it, it even boils down, like we talked about a little bit yesterday, it goes a step uh, before that with the AAU programs in high school because a lot of guys are so used to being so much stronger, more athletic, they just dominate. But as right. you pull up that ladder and that chain, everybody can meet that type of athleticism and speed. So how do you separate yourself? And in college, we know what it is. It's, it's two-hour practices, get your lift in. Right, right. really breaking it down with you on that type of level to get you a one ready for your goals and dreams. Facts. Facts. I think your position and the skill development aspect, I think it needs to be at every college in America if they really want to develop those players, because as we're going to see now, the top tier talent is going to might ditch out on college and say, you know what, I'm going straight to the G league and I'm going to get drafted. So I feel I like the training aspect on a college level, it needs to be implemented. And it also needs to be implemented in a way that trainer has full leverage, not the coach saying, okay, you gotta do X, Y, Z. But if a guy has a resume, if a guy has played, if a guy knows what he's doing, you gotta let him be free and then let the results speak for themselves. I agree. And you know, you know, the thing about it is, and I, and I tell, even flipping back to the player development side of it is, it's gonna become the new wave of coaching. Um, because now you understand how to get guys better to put them in the right spots and have them perform at, the, at their highest level. And that's the goal. As a player development coach, yeah. as, a, as a coach in general, you want to put guys in, in position and places you know, to where they succeed. Right. You know, bo- both of us, you know, we're in a system in Utah to where the team succeeded at a you know, really high level and a high rate yeah. on a defensive end. Yeah. Together, you know, I, I've never played for a better defensive coach in, in Ever, Absolutely. I agree. Ever, I agree. Right. But then, you know, at the same time, I don't think he meshed our tools on the other side so yeah. we can be just as effective on yeah. that end. And so it's personal now, man, and especially the way that players are adapting. Um, the world is adapting. Everybody, every, everybody wants a self success to get to the next level of where they want to be, right? And if you can do that and help them get there and mesh the team side of it, I think that it's just, that's that's where you win. That's where things start, you know, blossoming for a lot of players and coaches. 
but it takes it takes you to be really personable with that guy. And like you said, the player development round is going to be one of the most potent coaching positions in, in, in the whole organization it's coming up in the next 20 years. It has yeah. to be. I agree. I agree. Well, speaking of that, it segue perfectly to that second half of the interview or the conversation, rather. For everybody that's joining us, uh, we just wrapped up the first half asking him about his ideals, his philosophies, and his approach as a coach in the G League currently and a champion coach in China. Now we're going to get to his training philosophy, being mentored by the likes of uh, Phil Handy and Chris Johnson, to name a few. Um, with those kind of guys in your in your circle and in your background, and try to answer these because I want to get to the question and answer if you can uh, as quickly as you can. Um, what kind of philosophy do you bring to the table on your own, and what have you taken from them to help you become a better trainer? Man, first and foremost, man, Phil Handy, Chris Johnson, man, if, if, if I didn't, you know, walk on their coattails and, 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 and watch how they did things, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. Um, and so I, I appreciate those two brothers, and those are my brothers. And when I mean brothers, I mean, like, close calls, you know, yeah, anything yeah. that I, I need I, in life, I, man. I've seen a lot. Yeah, so it's, it's love. And so, you know, those guys I just want to give all respect to. Um, in terms of just the philosophy and how I've worked with them and trained with them and 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 uh, develop, I, I think that you know you take bits and pieces from each individual, yeah, and then you take your own thoughts and, and philosophy. You know, one thing I will say about training is it's not about um, going into a situation with uh, a predetermined uh, formula, yeah. You know, for instance, you always have to have a formula in anything that you do. In ABCs, one, two, threes, there's there's a certain formula, right? You know, to spell, you got to know your ABCs. To do math, you got to know your one, two, threes. It's the same thing in training. And that's where I think that, you know, guys get kind of lost in training and trying to develop. You know, you start from the fundamentals to ground up and then you build. And those guys have taught me that. Um, on a, a number of, of instances of seeing the highest level. And I mean from the Kyrie's and LeBron's and those guys of just getting back to the base and then building up a formula to where, you know, you're teaching them at a different type of level than that you ever thought you would be, but because you went back to the basics. So, you know, that's, I think that's the biggest thing I took from both of them yeah. is, is definitely creating that formula, understanding that that you don't have to try to think outside the box. This box is already written. Right. You know, now you have to now you have to start building within that box of who that player is. I think the fundamental aspect is very Yeah, I get you. I said I think the the fundamental aspect is very underrated, underappreciated. I think Kobe was trying to nail that home. And I saw a recent quote somebody put out Bruce Lee is like he don't fear the person that practices ten thousand kids. He fears a person that practices one kick 10,000 times. Man. Um, speaking of that type of level with Kobe, you had the privilege, the honor to be a part of that elite training group that he brought out last year or this past summer um, at the Mamba Sports Academy. What was that like? Share a couple of thoughts on that, uh, quick hitters, for a couple minutes. Man, first and foremost, is, is I mean, as you know, man, it's a pleasure to touch that brother and be, a, be, be able to be a part of something bigger than me. Yeah, of who of who he was, and you know, I touched him his last year he was on this earth, and I, and I thank God for that, and I think right. the reason that, you know, that happened for me, man. So first and foremost, it's just not only a blessing to his family and the people that were, you know, a part of the tragedy is just yeah. sad, but you know, being a part of it, man, was was humbling because you get you got to see a, a detail and on another level. See, when I say another level, I I mean. Dude, shit that you would never think of. Angles and how you take angles and, and, and what and how do you use body contact. And he would stop guys, man, right in the middle of a whole pickup. Yeah. And be like, dude, you you had him and then you you lost him because, you know, your footwork wasn't in, on the right angle or yeah. you lost contact because you were scared of it. Or you lost and he was just or you you didn't make the shot because you were focused on contact and not the backboard. Right. And I'm just sitting here soaking everything up, man. And 
not saying two two fucking words because I have no right to say anything. Real quick, you know, it's, it's crazy you say that because I don't know if my guy Kyle and my guy Trey are on here, but I always tell them, I'm like, look, I know you're trying to get an and one. Get the bucket first. Don't worry about the contact. Focus yeah. on the bucket first. The and one comes, great. If not, who cares? Get back down and play defense, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's, it's, it's one of those things, man, to where you don't, you don't realize the level of competition until you want to win that bad or be that good, right? Yeah. And as a coach, you know, I want to be the best at what I do. And right. just it, it just it's just in my nature, it's just my competitive spirit. But you always have to take knowledge and detail from everybody else, you know, to, to, to try to be that guy. And, you know, one of the most humbling experiences I've ever been a part of. Yeah, it was dope, man. When you called me and said you was going, I was just like, damn, I mean that's if if that's one of those, you know, I have arrived moments or if that's not, I don't know what it is, you know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. It's gotta be a blessing to, to pick that kind of basketball mind. And speaking of that kind of basketball mind, you had mentioned training and being in workouts with LeBron, Kyrie, uh, PG, Kawhi Leonard, Stan with a few. What separates those top tier guys from the Euro League guys or everybody else in between? Well, you know, I think we talked about it yesterday, and it should, you know, obviously didn't work out. But uh, detail, detail at the highest at the highest level. They ask a lot of questions, and the questions are leading to answers to where they want to prove at the highest level. So, you know, they're not asking me questions because they're tired. They're not asking me questions because they don't want to do the work. They want to. They ask. They're asking me questions of why am I doing this, and what circumstance of the game. Yeah, they're not asking you, you know, questions to downplay your knowledge, ex- right? Exactly. And it's more so of them even corresponding and telling, well, nah, this is more how so it looks like within the game. So their detail is on the highest level. Their uh-huh. detail of, of, of everything, footwork, ball placement, um, you know, pounding force, uh, finishes at the rim. Yeah. Um, it's it just, it's, it, there's so much that, I think that when I work with those guys is that I have to be so locked in because if I don't answer the right question, if I don't have a um, answer for them, then they're like, look, dude, why, why am I doing it? Yeah. That separates the European guy because, again, there's two things in Europe or even in China that I understand basketball-wise that they can get over with is sometimes your athletic ability is much higher than the European or Absolutely. or in China, right? You know, sometimes your IQ can be much higher because you can move at a faster rate. You can put two tangibles together. That's how you get paid in Europe, you know, and then so forth and so no far on in terms of those guys over there. So they want to just get the work done to get to get to it instead of understanding the detail of why they're doing stuff. That's why they're not in the NBA and not saying that there's not guys in Europe that can't play in the league because right. there's a lot of guys that come back over there and be really successful. Yeah. But what separates them is getting the detail right and fitting into a certain situation. And yeah. that's and I think that's the two uh, balances dramatically on both sides, man, is how to work is, is more so detailed, factored toward that player and, and not just pushed over to just get the work in. We've talked a lot about your training philosophy and, and one of the guys that stuck out to me that you got a chance to get to know and work out with is Jimmy Butler. And can you talk to us a little bit about his mental approach and, and his focus? I mean, we've heard stories about him being in a house with no TV, no Wi-Fi, just going to the gym three times a day. What does that feel like when you're around him, um, when you work with him? And how can you help uh, players on here understand that type of mental fortitude and focus and discipline? You know the beautiful thing about Jimmy, man, is is, and I smile about it because I go back, go back to my my life in high school. Is I was Jimmy's biggest nemesis, bro. So yes. I knew everything about Jimmy and how he played in high school, man. The year that you know he went out with the JUCO, I got the MVP. I stole everything from him, <laughs> and I and I didn't. And, and the crazy thing is, I had the same vision that he had, and the same thing. He made it obviously and did right. his thing, but. When we reconnected on some, you know, fluke stuff of, of, of dealing with the same trainer, you know, it was a blessing for both of us and just watching his detail. You know, that guy has a different dog in him because he was bred in a different circuit of, yeah. of, 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 of players. And we talk about this all the time. You know a Chicago player 
from an L.A. player, Facts. from a New York player. From a, we, we, we talk about it all the time, from PG County. PG County's getting all the love right now, you know, right. so... We know these players from how they play. Yo, y'all, y'all nice. Um, y'all nice, and I hate it because the sun keeps shining over here. But we will talk about that later. But uh, yeah, man, it's yeah. J- Jimmy has a uh, a dog in him that a lot of people don't have, but he has a uh, position of detail too that I love about it. And the position of detail is more so of. You know, him understanding footwork, understanding progressions, and understanding who he is as a player. Yeah. He he knows he's not a big time shooter. He knows yeah. he's not a big time finisher. But what he does know is how to be really efficient in what he does. And that's where, you know, working with Jimmy, um, and then trying to contain his dog has been probably the 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 best thing that I've ever seen him do. It's just yeah. it's it's just so beautiful to see his progression. Last couple of questions, and we're going to get into the question and answer section for the followers to ask you their questions, and maybe I'll be able to jump in a little bit to help. But in a training session, as a player and as the trainer, how does it feel or what does it look like in terms of when you know you've had a successful day in the gym or the office? Um, you know, as a player, I would say, and I think you can speak to this too as well, is, you know, did I, did I, you can answer, you can answer that question. Did I get better? Um, and it could be being frustrated because you didn't get a drill or wasn't yeah. making shots or it can be making everything, right? Right. Both of them, both of them are success, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. But you have to know that it's predicated towards your game. You have to know that it's predicated towards you getting better. You know, if you're doing a thousand drills and you're like, you don't know why you're doing them or you don't yeah. know what it's for. Yeah. then you're probably not getting better as a player. And you need to recognize that and understand how you how you need to see, how you need to approach the next workout or maybe figure out somebody who can train you to be pushed that way. You know, as a trainer, I think in in again this is one of my philosophies, you know, a lot of coaches don't take this philosophy, but it's been really successful for me, is you want to push that person's superpower. Yeah. You know, that Batman ain't trying to be Superman. You right. know what I mean? So a shooter, a shooter is not trying to finish at the rim like Kyrie. Right. And and so you have to push that player and understand what he is to be the best Superman he can be, to be the right. best Batman he can be. And then within that workout, can you progressively start putting little nuances to help his weaknesses? Yeah. And then once you start doing that, he starts getting confident and better at what his strengths are. His weaknesses will start following because you already progressively start doing it. So those those are my philosophies on how I think success are, are built within players. You talked about the key word, confidence. We hear about it a lot. And I kind of asked you this question yesterday, but how do you help your clients make that progression of taking what they learned in the summer perfecting it and not being afraid or fearful to use it in the game. Because I know with my college guys I work with, some of them are afraid to use their left hand. Some of them are afraid mm-hmm. to spin baseline. We're working on the type of practice. They do it perfectly. But then when they get to the game, it's like, man, coach, I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to turn the ball over and look stupid or have yeah, a coach yell at me. How do you help players with that confidence to trust in the work? You know, I, I think that's built in the summer. I think that um, again, I think we went away from one-on-one situations. We went on, we, we, we stopped playing two-on-two. Yeah. Uh, we're doing this low management crap now, which, you know, I'm not a fan of. And I think those things right there help you succeed within the game. You know, if you're confident playing one-on-one against your best friend and then you're confident playing, you know, two-on-two against your teammates and right. you're confident doing it within practice, you're going to do it within the game. It becomes habit. Yeah. And I think those things... Um, have to be more pushed and have to be more structured to where, you know, where there's not a foul. You should euro stepped him, you know, or or hey, you, you know, you gotta get his hands off. There's certain situations where you teach within that, um, and those those are situations to where, you know, you have to progressively grow um, by putting your players in live situations. You know, you can't drills and cones don't move. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's Situa- next. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, drills and cones don't move. Situations have to happen. And if you're not progressing within those so situations, then you're not going to get better. A lot of 
players get better. What do you feel is an even balance in the summertime for individual skill work versus playing pickup? I think I think I think it depends on your level. I think it depends on your body. You know, how's your health? One, um, and you and I both know injuries can can be a toll on you. And so you got to be smart. I think you do have to have live action. I think you do have to um, understand live action and when it's necessary. But your skill work has to be impeccable too in terms of, again, having your trainer pinpoint not only your weaknesses, but making your strength stronger. Um, you know, as, as, as a balance, as a coach, and what we do in the summertime, um, you know, when I'm in L.A., it's, it's skill work and shooting predominantly throughout the week. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you're playing pickup once it gets closer to the season, you know, three times a week. Just to get yeah. your body ready for that that pound, just get your body ready for that, you know, con- conditioning and stuff like that. And right. so I think, I think like when you, when you get to that level, if you don't understand how to get ready for what you're about to go through, then that's when, you know, all the other situations start hurting. Yeah. I think as a former player at a, at a pretty high level, um, you got to have that balance of playing pickup because you can't implement the stuff you're working on without it. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to do these drills for two some two two months in a row this summer, then in the winter I'm about to be nice. You got to be able to, to make mistakes and learn from it and pick up. And I also think the people you're playing pick up with, the people you're surrounded by, is important too. You want to be Man. surrounded by the same for people sure. that are trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. For I sure. know for my pros, it's hard because I like, man, I don't want to get hurt. I'm messing my money playing, you know, in the Drew League and stuff like that. So you have to be careful and have a balance. But you can get better in every different situation. Cause it always starts up here anyway. Last last two questions, and we got to get to the question answered. What do you suggest for those players, both on the men's and women's side? And all this has been directed to you, ladies. I know it may not sound like it, but all this is information for you. Um, what do you what do you suggest the players do who can't afford a skills trainer? How do you think they should go about making themselves better? Uh, I, I definitely think that they have an advantage that we had. You know, it's a lot of good knowledge online. Um, yeah. A lot of good trainers online doing a lot of good things. Um, and I think that, you, you know, you got to take the, the crap that's going on out there and then the real stuff that's going out there, right? And, yes. and, and predicate that towards your game again. So be a student, first and foremost, of what's, you know, going out there at who you are as a player, right? And right. then be a student of, you know, what's crap and what's not crap. Learn from, you know, some of the guys getting better. We have access to video. Um, yes. There now are platforms, or you know, app, you know, to to shoot to shoot Phil and knock name call. But Phil has a great app out there that's getting yeah. players better throughout the world. Yeah. Um, so we have access now. There's no excuse. But then on on the real tip is, you know, this is just real life. You got to you got to push yourself to do something that guys ain't doing right. Right. You know, there's there's guys waking up in New York earlier than guys waking up in Cali. Well, that can't be the case if you want to be that guy. It's just really that simple. You know, hard work never fails uh, of when you're doing the right work. And I think if you can collaborate with both of those sectors, man, you're going to be okay. Last question. You really about getting the reps in for a long time or are you more about the quality of the work in the reps and how it looks? Definitely, definitely quality. It's definitely quality in how you do it. It can't be more so of um, you just put, you just going and going, and you're not, you're not doing the right situation, right work, right situation within the work. You have to put the work in and understand why you're doing what you're doing. And and once you do that, man, the sky's the limit in terms of your growth. All right, man, that that sums it up. It's a lot cleaner. I'm I'm very happy with this. Uh, I know there's a few calls coming on my end. I don't know what the notifications didn't work, but uh, let's finish with the last 15 minutes. If you guys have any questions directly towards Chris, could you please put them in the question box? next to the comments, and we're going to get started right now. If not, right. see, tell them how I used to dog you one one I just want to No, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> All right, my man Chris had a good question. What percentage of your workout should consist of shots within the offense, and what percentage of your workout should dedicate to your one-on-one ISO moves? Depends on who you are. Um, if you're a guy that doesn't get a lot of isolation plays, get your shots within the offense, master that. Because you're going to work on isolation plays and not get those and then be frustrated because you know how to score that and that shot's within the offense. But if you're an isolation player and you can't work on counters, then you're really going to struggle. So 
you know, I would I would predicate that again towards, you know, self-awareness, knowing who you are, knowing um, what type of player, you know, you are in the system, yes. and then maximizing that. Yeah. And to everybody laughing, he was lying. He still ain't never dogged me one-on-one. Let's, let's just keep it a buck. Dogged. How does an entry-level overseas player make it to the G League, and what does a G League team look for in those players? Um, yeah, we hit on this yesterday. Is you have to, you have to figure out: Are you a guy that's a tryout guy, or are you a guy that you know the team is actually looking at? What are you? But first and foremost, you got to definitely uh, you have to you have to stand out. And yeah. you know, I, I, and what I mean by that is more so defensively than offensively. Everybody wants, everybody thinks and wants to be that guy on the offensive end, right? But if you, if you don't turn that ball over, you pick up full court, you get deflections, or you're doing something that disturbs it on the defensive end, and it stands out. The offense is going to come easy for you because you're not worried about it, and then coaches will start trusting you to be that type of player. So, in my opinion, and I think any guy that's trying to make it within the G League or going to a tryout or trying to get from overseas back over here is, you know. Stand out on that side of the floor, and yeah. then once you figure out that you know now you're in the rotation, your offensive side will come into it. Um, but you have to be a standout. You just can't come in there and 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 try to show that you can do something to score. Everybody, everybody want to do that. Hey, look at it like this: we would all, everybody on here listening, me and Chris, myself, we would all love to have Bruce Bowen career. I would love to have his paycheck, right. his pension. You can take this point of advice and stuff back. You can take China back. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm a 10 year old. I would love to be Corey Brewer right now. You feel Pat me? Pat Bev. Pat Bev. Corey is one of my guys. I love exactly. Corey. He understood it. So All yeah. right, we got uh let's see. Uh I'll go with E. Perry. He said, What advice can you give? an up-and-coming trainer to make sure he is teaching the right way. EP, that's my guy, man. Um, man, you know, I, EP, you already know, man. It's, it's, you have to, again, impact impact players at the level that you're at, um, teach them the right way, keep a relationship, build a relationship, uh, and don't and don't go far from what the work is. Again, don't go far from the formula. I keep talking about the formula because, uh, you know, a lot of guys want to get away from the fundamentals. And, and try to be something different than they're not. Just stay, you know, stay stay right, stay respectful of the work, and then keep building around it. You know, don't don't try to be somebody that you're not. And then, you know, on top of that is keep growing as a, as a, as a coach. Because if you have more knowledge than that player, then you can always be able to teach. Facts. All right, we got my man Dan. He said, is it better to get reps and fail a lot against better competition or master reps against lesser competition? That's a good question. It's better to get reps and master You know, I, dude, you got to go to both. You got you to mess with both of them, right? Because yeah. I worked on this move and it's failing. Why? Why am I, is it my footwork? Is it in ball placement? What is it, right? And so you got to keep trying that move. It's like, it's like ducking on somebody. Yeah, it's like, man, it's my friends. You don't know anything about that, but go ahead. Just keep talking. Wow. <laughs> I thought we were going to keep that. I thought, keep we were gonna keep, I thought we were going to keep that to ourselves. I just figured you use a better example, but go ahead. <laughs> wow. If I, if my ankle never got hurt. But anyway, yeah, it's like dunking on somebody, man. You know, so you go through it and you're trying to do it the whole time. And once you succeed at it, you're like, oh, damn, I can do it like this or I can... Now my body moves this way or now. Yes. And so you start understanding uh, how to maneuver around it. So I think you have to have both sides. of Again, one-on-one, two-on-twos, three-on-threes, those are situations that I think players are missing and, and needing in terms of learning how to be better within the game. And then the five-on-five five becomes easy because all you got to do is read two more players. Right. I think – in addition to that, I know my red shirt year when I transferred to University at Utah to Colorado and a team was traveling, I would go to 24 and play against them and treat that as my game. They weren't on the same level as me, but I used that mentally to say, well, I need to be able to dominate them 
in order to dominate a practice, in order to dominate the game. So if you treat, if you treat every situation, whether it's workout, whether it's a game, the same way, you're going to be way more focused and locked in where you don't really have to turn on that switch everybody talks about. It's already on. That's kind of what made Jordan so good. If you look at these last dance documentaries, He's treating uh, Carl Malone in the same way he treated the dudes at the at the Warner camp at the at the Space Jam uh, uh, camp he had during his, his movie when he was busting everybody ass then. But you know, on the flip side of that, see, I think confidence is you know confidence is so underrated, and I, I hate that you know a lot of players don't get to get to see that their college coach is gonna kill them. You know, their 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 situation coming into a game and it's harder than usual. The most body ever. Man, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're going into situations that, damn, like, I used to be this guy and I'm not this guy anymore at this level. And how do you manipulate your game to be uh, something different? You know, I came in, I came to University of Utah, one of the best ball handlers and finishers at the rim in Texas history. Facts. And I, and then at the end of my career, I became a, a, a shooter, yeah. like Ray Allen, right? Yeah. And so, there you have to you have to figure situations out of how do you change, how do you adapt, how do you understand to be successful, and then the the great ones keep their same skill set and their same package and elevate everything. Yeah, you know, one of my biggest one of my biggest uh, things that I just I wish I would have done as a player was keep both of my packages as ball handling and shooting. Yeah. And I, and I, and I couldn't do it because of, you know, the situation I was in, which, you know, we talked about all the time, but right. You know, it's, it's one of those things to where confidence is definitely, I think one of the biggest packages in player development. Yeah. Next, next question. We're going to look at how about it was versatility versus specializing in a role overseas. I think for this one, I think I'm 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 gonna get it real quick. Let you get your let you get your thirst in. (laughs) I think the versatility aspect is needed, um, but it's not the end all be all. As we see, the game is transitioning, like C said, to smaller rotations. Guys are able to switch one through four, in some cases one through five. But when you go overseas, you really want to understand your identity you already have. You can't go over there and try to, like he said, become become somebody you're not off the top. You gotta establish your role, and once that role you've mastered it, then you can start sprinkling in. Okay, let me show them I can shoot from 16 feet. Okay, let me show them I can attack the offensive glass. Let me show them I can bring the ball up the floor a little bit. You gotta be comfortable in your abilities first, master that, and then add a little sauce as you go. You got some out of that, Chris? Yeah, I would. I would. Add, I would add to that is you know where are you? You know where are you in the world? You know understand that place, understand the type of basketball that they want. That the one is way different basketball than Germany. Um, Germany is way different basketball than Asia. You know, there's a lot of Australia. We go down the line. So understand that piece first, and then, you know, once you master that versatility of who you are as a player and know that's your role within the team, and then be that guy, and then get paid doing it. You look at a guy like Kyle Hines. Man, he legend. Right, he mastered it. Look at a guy like Sonny Weems. A dude mastered it of who yes. he is and what he does at the highest level. And these guys are multi-millionaires now. Multi-millionaires. And so they they figured it out. They mastered it. They mastered their lifestyle. They mastered how they play. They mastered what they do. And they have accumulated money because of the versatility. But it goes beyond, you know, just the floor. It goes it goes beyond that, man. And so I would I would say. You know, for sure, what you said, see, this is a great point. It's a perfect point, but you got to have the, the the other half of it, and that's where a lot of players fail. Yeah. All right, let's see what else we got. We got thoughts on defense in three seconds in college. Well, that's put in place to make college more even, to make it more balanced. Um, if you start, <laughs> you start taking away these big men. It's just going to be nonstop dunks. It's going to be nonstop layups because a lot of players can't keep somebody in front of them. And See, I think it's, it's you more know a system thing for these to lay more than uh, anything else. You know what's funny about that question is, you know how the court opened up so much when we was in the Pac-12 versus the Mount West? Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. We was like, oh, is this easy in Pac-12? <laughs> but, you know, but the difference was with athletes, you know, yeah. so – and so you had to, when you was going at the rim, that he was jumping over the hoop. 
you yeah. know, the Pac-12 versus you had six bodies in front of you in the Mountain West. Does it build college players? Yes, for sure. You can become a great college player doing whatever you are in that system, but it's going to help you on the next level. I think I think the Pac-12 translates more towards the NBA yeah. than the Mountain West does, but I think college needs to be changed. I'm disgusted with college basketball, but that is, yeah, let's not talk about that one. <laughs> All right, let's, I think that's pretty much it. Does anybody else have any other questions that y'all want to ask? We're going to finish on something, something pretty funny. Let's see. Did you want to answer that last one from EP or you want to, you want to talk to him on your own later? It's only got like five minutes. Parenting your vibe, playing be overseas and be late. EP man, players players should know who they are. You know, I think I think that's I think that's straight up. You know, you should understand your plan B should have that shit in place. Um, if you don't, then that's your fault. I think you have to figure that out. That's that's one of those situations to where we can't control that. You know, be 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 ready for the next steps. Facts. All right, let's talk about some, some, just some, have some fun with it. What was it like when I left Utah and I was sitting out when Jimmer came to the Huntsman and dropped 50 on y'all? What was that like? <laughs> Let the people know what it was like trying to guard Jimmer for death. First of all, why do you, why do you want to do that? You're so disrespectful, bro. That's so disrespectful, bro. Just, let's just talk about it. We only got a little bit of time. No, no, because you know, so so Jimmy Ball was real amp, and C. Hines was going to guard him. That was the first. You were the first guy. I was the first guy, and I never ran through so many screens, <laughs> down screens coming up, and he got hot. So, yeah. so I looked around like, hey, man, where the hell is my help defense that we <laughs> talked about? You know what I'm saying? We talking about help defense. Yeah. Crazy ass Chris Coupet was the next guy in line. Yeah. Jimmer scored eight points. I'll never forget. He scored eight points on me. He scored about 25 on fucking Coupet. Yeah. And it was full court. And I, I told C, I said, CP, that's my fault. <laughs> Got a feeling, bro. My fault. But. When it got to Will Clyburn, a six eight guard who couldn't do nothing with him, he well, should have court at this Euro League, two time Euro League champion. Man, getting torqued, getting torqued. Yeah. So Denver had ultimate freedom. He basically was playing pickup every time he hooped, and I, I love Denver. We just talked. As a matter of fact, two weeks ago, he's in yeah. Colorado. He's Great person, great guy. He knows how Dang, to play. Great dude. He would give you fifty, ladies and gentlemen. And he would just laugh and like smile Damn. in your face, like oh, about to grab a burger. It oh was my! So effortless. He he'll buy you a shake after he bust your ass. That's how good yeah. he was. Yeah, he's like, hey, you, you want to go out and play video games later? <laughs> top ten, hey, top ten college basketball player to play the game. Top, top ten college. Team. Absolutely, like people always talk about Steph, and I and I rightfully understand it. But he man, Jimmer was special, bro. Like you won Jimmer. That was it's... one of the games that I just did not look forward to playing because it was like you knew there was nothing you can do, do as a team Unlimited. to stop this dude. Because when now, a guy has a green light like that and can shoot and handle, there's no there's no answer for him. And it did the ultimate again confidence. Ultimate confidence how his coach gave it to him and said, Hey man, it don't matter you miss twenty five. You're going to score when you want to score. Right. You couldn't do nothing with him, man. And that was all respect to Jimmer, man. And you know, it was it's I'll tell you a funny story about Jimmer. We're in China. Make it quick, and I want to ask you one more question. Okay, we're in China. And you know, my coach is over there, he's a Chinese guy. He said, Hey, you know, we're playing Shanghai, he's a pretty good guy on the team. I see it's Jimmer for that. He said, yeah, uh, white guy. I said, I know. He said, oh, it's okay. Pressure, pressure. You know, he, he will be physical with you. Yeah. I said, listen, we have to trap him. He said, no, 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 we'll be okay. Jimmer had 35 points by halftime. And I looked at him. He looked at me. And he said, okay, we have to trap. I said, no, <laughs> shit. I've been playing against this guy yeah. my whole life. Your whole life. Man, so yeah, yeah, Jimmer is special. Shout out, man. Shout out to Jimmer, man. Mount West was strong that 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 Ooh. time we was in. It was Ooh. stupid. So Ooh. the next question, real quick, talk about 
the Monstars and the beginning of four. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to say how LB Talk got twerked, but we'll go back. That damn San Diego State team was, man. See, I don't. So you, so you left, man. The time that they got oh, yeah, really I left. crazy. It was the perfect time. I was like, man. I you left when they, me. you left when they got really crazy. And this is, it's me, Jiggy. Twenty seconds. See, we got to up. It's bro. me, Jiggy, and, and and Will. I never get. Kawhi grabbed the rebound with one hand, and he probably dunked on his ass, and that was probably that end of the story. But. I can't verify if that's true or not. I wasn't there. Regardless, I want to thank my guest, Chris Hans, for coming on and spreading that knowledge and sharing love with everybody on here. Thank you for asking questions. Um, but don't buy into the hype that he beat me in ones and was trash and, you know, destroying me. Please, let's let's keep it a band. I'm 6'4 with bounce and hella skill. He's not. End of story, conclusion, it's over. I rarely lose in ones. You got to be very, very special or I got to be having a terrible day for you to beat me in ones. So, all that aside, um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys took something from it, learned a lot. Stay tuned for another great guest here soon. And uh, yeah, like, share, comment, describe, I mean, subscribe, rate, all the things you want to do at your discretion. And uh, there's never no pressure. There's never been a weapon held up against you. Anyway, I'm losing, I'm losing track. So all of this way, y'all stay safe and healthy and have a good rest of your day.